ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So last time then we began with the section regarding the decree. We did some basic introductions regarding the terminology Al-Qadr wal-Qadha. And we began touching upon the belief of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah regarding the decree. We mentioned that the belief of Ahl-Sunnah Regarding the decree can be summarized into a few key points. The belief of Ahlus Sunnah regarding the decree can be summarized into a few key points. The first key point is that we believe Everything that occurs within the creation, whether it be from our statements, our actions, the, the objects, everything which exists in this creation, then it all exists under four aspects. The first of those being that everything is encompassed by the knowledge of Allah. The second being that all of it was written down in the preserved tablet. The third, that everything is by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fourth, that all of this is the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is all the first key point. There are a few key points of our belief regarding the decree. The first key point is that we as Ahlu Sunnah, Believe all of the decree, it revolves under these four points. That everything is under the knowledge of Allah. Everything is written down in the preserved tablet. Everything is by the will of Allah. And everything is the creation of Allah. The whole of the decree under those or within those four points. That is all the first key foundational point regarding the belief of Ahl-Sunnah regarding the decree. Then what we began doing last week was focusing in on this first foundational key point, which we now understand has within it how many aspects for discussion? 
Four. And we began discussing that first aspect last time. And that was that everything is encompassed by the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the knowledge of Allah encompasses everything generally and specifically. Everything small and large, minute as it may be, all of it is within the knowledge of Allah. Not only the past, the present, and the future, but even that which did not occur, hypothetically, if it was to occur, then Allah knows how that would occur too. Some of the ayat which were examples of this, in Al-An'am, Surah Al-An'am 59 وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّهُ That indeed he has the keys to the unseen. No one knows them except he. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ And he knows what is on the ground and what is in the sea. وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا And there is not a leaf that falls except that he knows. And then the ayah continues with other examples too. We highlighted that example regarding the leaves, that there is not a single leaf that falls anywhere, except that it is within the knowledge of Allah, which leaf has fallen off what tree, wherever in the world, how long that leaf fluttered in the air, and where it landed exactly on the ground. All of that within the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ إِلَّا وَقَدْ عَلِمَ مَنْزِلَهَا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ that there is not a soul from amongst you, not a single one from amongst you, except that Allah knows your place in paradise or in hell. Not a single one from amongst you, except that Allah already knows whether your place will be in paradise or your place will be in hellfire. So that is the first aspect within the first foundational key point of our belief in the decree. The second aspect within the first overall key foundational belief of Ahlul Sunnah is that all of this decree, everything has been written down and preserved in the preserved tablet. Everything has been written and recorded.
يؤمن أهل السنة والجماعة أن الله كتب في اللوح المحفوظ وهو الإمام المبين جميع ما سبق في علمه مما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة أهل السنة وبليف that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote down everything that is to occur, all of that in the decree, he wrote it all down in the preserved tablet and the evidences for that, the evidences that everything has been recorded and written down from amongst them in Surah Yasin, in Surah Yasin number 12, where Allah mentioned, وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَحْصَيْنَاهُ فِي إِمَامٍ مُبِينٍ that everything we recorded it in Imam Mubin. And the Imam Mubin is the preserved tablet that everything, everything we have it encompassed, recorded in the preserved tablet. And similarly, in Al-Hajj, Ayah 70, where Allah said, أَلَمْ تَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Do you not know that indeed Allah knows what is in the heavens and the earth? إِنَّ ذَلِكَ فِي كِتَابٍ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ Indeed, all of that is in a book. Meaning, of course, the preserved tablet. And indeed, that is easy upon Allah. Do you not know that Allah knows everything in the heavens and the earth? And that indeed, all of that is in a book meaning in the preserved tablet. Similarly, in the sunnah, hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, where he mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كَتَبَ اللَّهُ مَقَادِيرَ الْخَلَائِقِ That Allah wrote down the decrees of all of creation, قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Before He created the heavens and the earth بِخَمْسِينَ أَلْفَ سَنَةِ By 50,000 years that Allah wrote down the decree of all of creation before He even created the heavens and the earth by 50,000 years, وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ And His throne was above the water.
It is mentioned from Salamah ibn Dinar, the Tabi'i, from the Tabi'in, from the Salaf. He mentioned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَ عَلِمَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَكْتُبْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew everything even before it was written in the preserved tablet. Allah's knowledge encompassed everything even prior to it being written in the preserved tablet. Allah always knew and Allah's knowledge has always been encompassing of it all. So Allah knew before it was written, He said, وَكَتَبَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَ And He wrote it down before He created it. So Allah, His knowledge encompassed it all before it was written down. And it was written down before it was actually created. So then this creation traverses upon the knowledge of Allah and the writing of Allah. Statement of Salama ibn Dinar al-Tabi'i, Abu Hazim, that Allah knew everything before it was written, before He wrote it, and He wrote it before creating it. And so when it was created, it was created upon the knowledge of Allah that preceded and the writing that preceded. Those two, those two so far, which were the knowledge of Allah encompassing everything, and secondly, that all of it was written down. Those two are the first two stages. And in regards to those stages there, in particular, the writing of the decree, there are subsections. When we talk about the decree being written down in the preserved tablet, all of the decree and everything that is to occur, all of it written down in the preserved tablet, just like in the other narration about the pen. When Allah created the pen, Allah said to the pen, write. The pen said, what shall I write? Allah said, write all of that which will occur up until the day of judgment. So all of it was written down. But this writing of the decree, Allah's knowledge encompassing everything and it being written down, within that are subsections. Subsections of this Writing as you may want to think of it as. What are those subsections of this 
writing, if we phrase it in that way. They are, firstly, At-Taqdeer Al-Azali, the, the everlasting decree, meaning the decree that was written down overall, the overall decree. You have one, which is the overall decree. Number two in the subsection now is the lifetime decree of a person. The lifetime, you specifically, your lifetime decree. And what do we mean by that and that being a subsection and a subsection of the writing? How? Why? Almost about the angels, but the angels are writing down your deeds, what you do, what you say on the whole, but everything about your life, the whole decree about your life, why are we talking about this as a subsection from the overall decree? Because it is mentioned in the sunnah about... In the womb when the angel is sent and commanded to write four things. Those four things that are written by the angel that is sent to the womb of your mother before you are born is your lifetime decree. فَيُؤْمَرُ بِكَتْبِ أَرْبَعِ كَلِمَاتِ The angel is commanded to write down those four things from those four things. يُكْتَبُ عَمَلُهُ رِزْقُهُ أَجَلُهُ شَقِيٌّ أو سَعِيدٌ Whether that person uh, will be from the uh, from those who are successful or from those who are miserable, meaning will he be from the people of paradise or the people of hellfire? His sustenance during his lifetime is written, his provisions... His actions and what we, he will do during his lifetime is written. The actual life span is written. The angel is sent and these things are written about that unborn child. Hadith, famous, many of you will have come across it in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawi. The angel is sent to the child, unborn child. And commanded to write down these affairs of that child. Those affairs that are being written down are your lifetime decree. But they are what is in the overall decree. Hence we talk about this as a subsection. It's not like what's being written for you now as you are unborn in the womb of your mother yet is going to be different to what is in the preserved tablet, of course not. This is just now a specific, a subsection from what is in the overall decree. So that is one subsection. Another subsection is the annual writing. The annual decree. The decree for the year. And that is in reference to Laylatul Qadr, 
Laylatul Qadr, where the affairs of that year are decreed and written. But of course, it is not as though the affairs of that year that are decreed and written are different to what is already in the preserved tablet, the overall decree. This is just a specific and a subsection. That on the night of the decree, Laylatul Qadr, the writing of that year occurs from the overall decree that has been written. Another subsection is the daily decree. We've had now the lifetime decree of a person as a subsection. We've had the annual decree as a subsection. We also have the daily decree as a subsection. So what is the daily decree as a subsection? In Ar-Rahman, Ayah 29, in Surah Ar-Rahman, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلَّ يَوْمٍ هُوَ فِي شَأْنٍ Every day, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is within or, or, involved, or, or upon an affair. Meaning that every day something is being decreed for that day. What is going to occur that day, the decree of that day. And of course that is a subsection of the decree, the overall decree that is already written. And this day will be within that overall decree. But the day, the daily affair of every day, what occurs, the decree of each day, then that is also mentioned as a subcategory to the overall decree. That then is the second aspect from the four aspects that make up the first key foundational principle in understanding the decree. Keep repeating that so no confusion occurs. We are in the first key principle of understanding the decree yet. Within it, there are these four points. The first about Allah's knowledge encompassing everything. The second about all of it being written in the preserved tablet. Within that, we've now made subcategories of the writing of the decree to the lifetime writing as well, to the annual writing as well, to the daily writing as well. So after that now, we move on to where? To the third aspect from these four. And that is Mashi'atullah, Al-Mashi'ah, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is to say, يُؤْمِنُ أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ والجماعة أن ما يقع في هذا الكون حاصل بمشيئة الله وإرادته that أهل السنة we believe all of that which occurs in creation it occurs by the will of Allah سبحانه وتعالى فما شاء الله 
كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن so whatever Allah wills then it occurs and whatever Allah does not will then it will not occur anything for it to occur then it is by the will of Allah what Allah wills occurs and what Allah does not will in terms of the creation then it does not occur Allah هِيَ الْمُوْجِبَةِ الْمُقْتَضِيَةِ عَلَى الْحَقِيقَةِ لِكُلِّ مَا يَحْصُلُ And the will of Allah is the absolute necessity for anything to occur. It is the necessity for anything to occur. If Allah wills something, it occurs. If Allah doesn't will it in the creation, then it doesn't occur. Evidences for that, in fact before we get to that, the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim regarding this, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, وَلَيْسَ فِي الْوُجُودِ مُوجِبْ وَمُقْتَضٍ إِلَّا مَشِئَةُ اللَّهِ وَحْدَهِ فَمَا شَاءَ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ That there is nothing in creation, that necessitates an affair to occur, except the will of Allah alone. Nothing else. It is the will of Allah that something occurs or does not occur. So whatever Allah wills occurs, and whatever He does not will does not occur. So that is from Ibn Qayyim in Shifa al-Alil, Page 43, nothing in existence is anything which necessitates an affair except the will of Allah. Only the will of Allah necessitates what occurs and what does not occur. So some examples of this then. Examples highlighting the will of Allah within the creation and what occurs and what does not. In Surah Al-Baqarah 284 So He forgives to whom He wills and He punishes whom he wills. He forgives whom he wills. And he punishes whomsoever he wills. Indicating clearly in the ayah that everything, whether from this angle or that angle, those who are blessed and those who are punished from everything on all sides, it is by the will of Allah. Whomsoever Allah wills, then He gives them the reward. And whomsoever Allah wills, He gives them the punishment. Those whom Allah wills are forgiven. Those whom Allah wills are punished. Everything by the will of Allah. 
In another example, in a hadith, hadith of Ibn Amr, Ibn al-As, radiyallahu anhu, and he said, that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ قُلُوبَ بَنِي آدَمْ كُلَّهَا بَيْنَ إِصْبَعَيْنِ مِنْ أَصَابِئَ الرَّحْمَانِ That indeed the hearts of the children of Adam, the hearts of mankind, they are between two fingers from the fingers of Ar-Rahman, of Allah. كَقَلْبٍ وَاحِدٍ As though they are one heart. يُصَرِّفُهُ حَيْثُ يَشَاءُ That Allah will do with it as He pleases. The hearts of mankind are between two fingers from the fingers of Ar-Rahman. And Allah changes them and does as He wishes, as He wills with them. Hence the Prophet ﷺ used to say in the dua, يَا مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ ثَبِّتْ قَلْبِي عَلَى دِينِكَ Oh Allah, the one who changes the hearts of the people, keep my heart firm. Upon your religion. Keep my heart firm. Upon Islam. Because Allah is muqallibul qulub. The one who changes the hearts of mankind. So all of that again clearly highlighting the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Ibrahim 27 وَيَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ مَا يَشَاءُ And Allah does whatever He wills. So all of these evidences clearly highlighting the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everybody following along because all of a sudden very quickly the subcategories are going to start expanding. Your chart is going to start becoming bigger and bigger. Right now, we have some breakup to discuss regarding the will of Allah. The first point regarding the will of Allah is إِذَا عُلِمَ أَنَّمَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ كَانَ وَوَقَعَ فَلْيُعْلَمْ أَنَّمَا لَمْ يَقَعْ إِنَّمَا كَانَ عَدَمَ وُقُوعِهِ لِعَدَمِ مَشِئَتِهِ لَا لِعَدَمِ قُدْرَتِهِ The first thing to highlight is that if we now understand that anything which occurs only occurs by the will of Allah, then we also very clearly must now understand that anything which did not occur, did not occur because of the will of Allah. Allah did not will it to occur, not because 
Allah was incapable of it. Rather, if something did not occur, we now know it's because Allah did not will for it to occur. So just as we understand anything which occurs, occurs because Allah willed it to occur. Anything that doesn't occur, didn't occur, it's because Allah did not will it to occur. Not because Allah didn't have the ability or anything like that. Allah has the ability, but He did not will something to occur. An example in Yunus 99. وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ لَآمَنَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ كُلُّهُمْ جَمِعًا If your Lord willed, if your Lord willed, then all of the people of the earth would have been upon Iman. If your Lord willed, then all of the people of the earth, they would have been upon Iman. In another example, Al-An'am 35, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ لَجَمَعَهُمْ عَلَى الْهُدَى and if, if Allah willed, He would have united them upon guidance. If Allah willed, He would have united them upon guidance. In Ashura 24, If, if Allah wills, then he would seal your heart. So these are all examples highlighting now that if something has not occurred, it's because Allah has not willed it to occur. Examples in these ayat where Allah is mentioning, if Allah had willed something, then it would have been as such. If Allah had willed, then all of the people would have been upon Iman. So the first sub-point in this section regarding the will of Allah is that whatever occurs, it only occurs because Allah has willed it. And whatever doesn't occur, it doesn't occur because Allah didn't will it. The second point to note then, which naturally follows on from that, is going to be the question, why then, or how then, do we understand, that Allah didn't will, all of the people to be believers, and that Allah didn't will, other things to occur, how do we try to understand, why certain things were not willed, before we get into that, an important point needs to be highlighted here. When it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, there is one question you don't ask. And that is, what? How? The kaif. You don't ask, how does Allah descend? How is the hand of Allah? How? Does Allah look? You don't ask these questions. 
That is not permissible when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah. Asking how this and how Allah this and how Allah that. Allah hasn't given us that information. So you don't ask on that. When it comes to the decree, when it comes to the decree, there is a different question that you don't ask. And that is the question, why? Why did Allah will this and why didn't He will that? When it comes to the decree, you don't ask why. Because we know in the Qur'an, Allah told us, everything He does, He does it upon wisdom. Everything Allah does, it is done upon wisdom. Wisdom that we with our limited understanding may not comprehend. So you don't ask why. We're making that point now in advance of this section because we've just been saying to try to explain the subsection that the next point is going to be to try and understand why Allah willed some things and why He didn't will other things. So to be aware, it's not about saying why did Allah do this and why did Allah do that. We don't ask why when it comes to the decree. But there is a point to note here, which is that the will of Allah is two types. The will of Allah is two types. One is known as Al-Iradah Al-Shari'ah. And one is known as Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah. Basically, the will of Allah in terms of the Sharia, just to keep it close to the Arabic words, make the match into English. The will of Allah when it comes to the religion. When it comes to the Sharia, and the will of Allah when it comes to generally the whole of creation. Two types of will of Allah. The will of Allah upon the creation as a whole. Al-Irada Al-Kawniyah. And the will of Allah when it comes to the religious affairs, the legislation, the Sharia. That's another aspect. When we talk about everything we've talked about so far, which of the two types of will are we talking about? Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah, in creation. Everything Allah wills in creation, it occurs. Anything Allah doesn't will in creation, it will not occur. The other will of Allah is equivalent to what Allah loves. The other will of Allah, the will related to the religion, to the sharia, to the legislation, those types of words, that will is equivalent to what Allah loves. Which will make it easier to understand now. Allah loves that everybody should be a Muslim. Allah loves that everybody should be believers. 
So in terms of that will of Allah, in terms of the legislative will of Allah, the shari'i will of Allah, Allah wills that everybody should be Muslim. Allah loves that everybody should be Muslim. But in the creational aspect, Allah has willed that there are going to be some people who die upon kufr. They die upon disbelief. So the will of Allah in terms of what Allah loves does not necessitate that it absolutely occurs as does the will of Allah in the creational sense. We'll go into that a bit more here now as well. The first type of the will of Allah then, breaking it down again the same way, is the creational aspect of the will of Allah. And that is what Allah wills to occur in creation, then it occurs. As Allah said in Surah Al-Buruj, Ayah 16, فَعَالٌ لِمَا Allah does whatever He wants. The will of Allah in the creation. Another example, وَإِذَا أَرَدَنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةٍ In Al-Isra' 16, And if we wanted to destroy the village, Allah, if He wills and wants something in the creation, then it occurs. That aspect is simple, that's what we've been discussing so far. The second will or the other type of the will of Allah is the will related to the religious side of things, if you want to keep it simple, the sharia, the legislation. When it comes to that, it is about what Allah loves. There are certain things Allah loves that everybody should do, but does everybody do it? No. So for example, in the Qur'an, in Surah An-Nisa 27, Allah said, وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ عَلَيْكُمْ Allah loves to give you forgiveness, to accept your tawbah. But does everybody make tawbah? Allah loves to accept your tawbah. To accept and give you forgiveness. But does everybody even make tawbah from their sins? No. Another example. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Al-Baqarah 185. Allah wants ease for you. And does not want difficulty for you. But do people face difficulty in this world? Yes, they do. But Allah doesn't desire and will and, and love that there should be difficulty upon people. That isn't beloved, but it's something which occurs in the creational sense. We'll give an example to explain all of that. An actual example with people. So now then, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu was a Muslim, a mu'min, a believer. For Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu to have been a believer, 
The fact that he was a believer means that Allah had willed it in the creational sense because nothing can occur unless Allah wills it in the creation. So Abu Bakr in the creation now was a believer, a mu'min, that must have been willed by Allah to occur in the creational sense. In terms of the other will, what Allah loves, would Allah love that this person Abu Bakr be a believer? Absolutely, Allah loves everybody should be a believer. So in the case of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, having been a believer, then it occurred with the will of Allah creationally, and in fact, the will of Allah in terms of what Allah loves. The legislative aspect, the sharia aspect, Allah loves that he was a believer too. So in that case, both wills of Allah are present. Another example, Abu Jahl, he died upon Kufr. Abu Jahl died upon Kufr. This means that in the creational sense, it was willed by Allah. If it was not willed by Allah, then he would not have been upon kufr. He died upon kufr. That fact occurred, so we know it occurred in the creational sense. It was something that occurred by the will of Allah. Because nothing can occur in the creation without the will of Allah. So creational sense, Abu Jahl dying upon kufr occurred by the creational aspect of the will of Allah. The other side of what Allah loves, does Allah love that a man die upon kufr? No. So in that example of Abu Jahl or any person dying as a kafir, in the creational will of Allah, it was willed. But does Allah love that? No. Then you're gonna ask, but then why? We'll get to that later on, because obviously sins and wrongs that occur, then yes, creationally they've been willed. Nothing occurs without the will of Allah. Why then? We'll get to that later, briefly, because this whole world is a test. This whole world is a test. If there were no sins, there were no wrongs, and there was no option for anybody to do wrong, then there would be no test. Everybody would be upon the one straight path, and to paradise, where's the test then? So of course, sins occur, and they are willed and allowed to occur. And the shaitan whispers, and that is allowed to occur, because this whole world is a test. So in that example of Abu Jahal, in the creational sense, it was willed. In the shari sense, Allah did not will or love that he die upon kufr. So that example is only one of the wills of Allah being present there. Another example, the lack of fact that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu died upon kufr. Did Abu Bakr as-Siddiq die upon kufr? Of course not. 
So did Allah will that in the creational sense that he would die upon kufr? Absolutely not, because it didn't occur. And if something didn't occur, then Allah didn't will it in the creational sense. So there was no will of Allah in the creational sense for Abu Bakr to die upon kufr. On the other side of it, was there a love upon that affair? No. Of course not. Of course not. How can Allah love that somebody die upon kufr? Of course not. So in that hypothetical example, there was no will neither creationally nor in the shari sense for a believer to have died upon kufr who actually died upon belief. Alright? Then the fourth example, Abu Jahl dying as a mu'min. So somebody put your hand up who can explain it. Abu Jahl dying as a Muslim. The two wills of Allah, which ones are there, if any, and which ones are not? Hands up if you can do it. Go on then. So, Abu Jahl dying as a mu'min. In what will? Kaunia. So, in the creational will of Allah, the one where we said, whatever Allah wills occurs, whatever He does not will, does not occur. Abu Jahl dying as a mu'min, did it occur? No, Abu Jahl died. As a kafir, so Allah didn't will that to occur in the creational sense. Because it didn't occur. In the other sense of what Allah loves. So from the Sharia, Allah wasn't pleased with that. Allah was? Was not pleased that he died upon kufr. Alright, but this is about what Allah loves. We're talking about the example of hypothetically Abu Jahl dying as a mu'min. In the legislative will of Allah, would that, would that have been beloved to Allah? Yes. That he died as a mu'min, which didn't occur, but hypothetically that. So hypothetically Abu Jahl dying as a mu'min would have been beloved to Allah. So that aspect of the will is there. But in the creational sense, it was not willed for him to die upon uh, uh, iman. In fact, we said kufr before. For Abu Jahl to die upon iman would be something beloved to Allah in the shari sense. But in the creational sense, was it willed? No, because it didn't occur. So you have the will of Allah in the creation. Whatever Allah wills, it occurs. Whatever Allah does not will, it will not Occur. Then you have the will of Allah in the shari sense, the legislative sense, the sharia sense, the religious sense, and that is basically what Allah loves. And what Allah loves may not necessarily occur, as the ayah says, if Allah willed, everybody would have been a believer. Why then? Does it not occur? Like we said, we're going to get to that. Because this whole world is a, a test. Allah's given the choice to the people whether to believe, not to believe. Whether to be obedient, not to be obedient. Some people take the choice of disobedience, take the choice of kufr. 
So, in the, in the creational sense, that occurs from the people. That's the creational will of Allah. But in the legislative sense, that is equivalent to what Allah loves. So quickly those examples, one more time to round off for tonight. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq actually, factually died as a believer. Therefore we know in the creational will of Allah, that was willed. In the legislative will of Allah, Allah loves that. So both wills are present in the factual scenario of Abu Bakr having died as a believer. Abu Bakr hypothetically having died as a non-believer, did Allah will that creationally? No, because it didn't occur. Did Allah will that in the legislative sense of what he loves? No. Abu Bakr hypothetically dying as a non-believer, would Allah love that? No. No. So neither will is present in that hypothetical situation. Abu Jahl actually dying as a kafir. Creationally it was therefore willed. In terms of what Allah loves, of course Allah doesn't love that. So in that case it was only the creational will. Abu Jahl hypothetically dying as a believer. Creationally it wasn't there that will. Allah didn't will that to occur because he didn't die as a believer. But legislatively, would that have been something, beloved? So in that case, yes, the legislative will is in that example. They are actual examples. If you take the formulas, give you the formulas now, any act of obedience that is done, If you now do an act of obedience, you've now attended a gathering of knowledge to seek knowledge, an act of worship. That you attended tonight, was it decreed by Allah in the creational sense? Absolutely, because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be here. On the legislative sense, was that beloved to Allah? Absolutely. So any act of obedience, any act of worship that occurs... It has occurred because Allah has creationally willed it to occur. And on top of that, Allah actually does love that to occur too. So both wills of Allah are present within acts of worship that occur. In terms of sins that do not occur, hypothetically now, A sin that never occurred. A sin that never occurred. Brother Imran having murdered somebody last night. Alhamdulillah he didn't do it. So was that decreed he was gonna go and murder somebody last night? It wasn't. He didn't do it. Would that have been something beloved to Allah? No. So in the case of hypothetical sins not having taken place, then it's because the creational will of Allah didn't will that to occur, Allah didn't will it to occur, and neither would have Allah loved that anyway. So neither of the wills are present in sins, hypothetically sins that didn't occur. As for sins that do occur, then creationally now, the formula The creational 
will of Allah is there. Allah has willed it to occur, allowed that to occur, so the sin has occurred. On the other side, is it beloved though? So sins that do occur, then you have one will of Allah, which is upon that, the creational will of Allah. The last one is going to be, obediences, acts of worship that don't occur. An act of worship that didn't occur from a person, didn't occur because creationally then it was not decreed. Would it have been beloved though? Yes. So, acts of worship that do occur, both wills are present. Acts of worship that didn't occur, creationally the will is not there. From legislatively, it would have been beloved to Allah. Acts of worship that didn't occur. If it occurred, it would have been beloved to Allah. So just the legislative will is there. In acts of worship that didn't occur. Sins that occurred. Creationally the will is there. Legislatively, of course Allah doesn't love the sins occur. Sins that didn't occur, hypothetically. Then creationally the will wasn't upon it. And on top of that, Allah wouldn't have loved it anyway. So neither is there in sins that didn't occur. How many understood? The answer should probably be no. And that's okay this time. Because for that one, you need to listen to the recording a few times. That does take a little bit of the twisting of the head to get around. You have to listen carefully to it. You have to repeat the audios on it. Go over it a few times to get that into the head how it's working. Do that in the next two weeks. Go over the recording carefully. Try and work it all out. And if in two weeks time there are questions... About this, we'll start with it first before moving on. But you have to think about it for two weeks. Not questions now about it. Because if you ask questions now about it, it's because it hasn't sunk in yet. Give it two weeks. Go over the audio carefully. Go over that section carefully. And then in two weeks time, whatever questions arise, you still don't understand how this or that works then we'll begin with those questions first. Remind me, otherwise I'll just begin. Remind me in two weeks time to do a small Q&A on this first before moving on. But only upon the condition you revise. Somebody who doesn't revise in these two weeks time, then they don't get the priority to ask. If you revised in these two weeks and you recapped and you've gone over this carefully, and then you're still not understanding something, bring those questions and we'll begin with them in two weeks time, inshallah. And then after that, we'll move on to the next section. Any other general questions for now? Because with this topic, like I say, it's the topic of the decree. And if we open up Q&A just generally, then we'll be here for two hours about questions that you're going to get answered in the next few lessons. So generally, if there's any broad questions, we can take them. But anything specific, be patient. Take it one lesson at a time. To take all of this in carefully. So anything generally then? In terms of the two classifications of the will, mm. is that something, the division is that from the scholars? No, it's from the ayat of the Qur'an. 
As we go through, we'll give examples of ayat of the Qur'an on this as well. Ayat of the Qur'an which highlight that. Some examples you already mentioned, like when Allah mentioned in the, in the ayah, وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ لَآمَنَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ كُلُّهُمْ جَمِيعًا If Allah willed, then everybody on earth will be a believer. Is everybody on earth a believer? Clearly therefore Allah didn't will everybody to be believers. But does Allah love everybody to be believers? Absolutely. So it's something very clear. But the ayat and evidences, they elaborate on that further. You get many examples showing you that obviously Allah loves to forgive people. Allah loves that everybody be upon iman, everybody be upon tawheed. But of course, there are people who choose not to. And we're going to get to that section about how Allah has given us choice. Allah has given us choice whether we choose to do obedience or disobedience. But slowly we'll move along all those. Anything else? So as a Muslim, we understand that Allah, if He allows something, it happens. If He doesn't allow something, it won't happen. As a Muslim, knowing that, what impact should that have on our daily lives, on the challenges that we face on a day-to-day basis? So we know now that anything which occurs in this world has occurred because Allah has willed it to occur. And anything that hasn't occurred, it's because Allah didn't will it to occur. If you understand that, that basic simple principle, it will bring a level of peace to your heart that a non-Muslim can never have. Because a non-Muslim doesn't have his belief in Allah. That Allah controls all of this universe, controls all of the affairs of what occurs. You now know that. And therefore it becomes easy to understand the hadith where the Prophet wasallam said, احرص على ما ينفعك واستعين بالله ولا تعجز. Strive for that which is of benefit to you. And seek aid and assistance from Allah in doing so. And do not become weak and feeble. Then the narration goes on to mention, وَلَا تَقُلْ In أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ If something happens to you, don't say, لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا وَكَذَا لَكَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا That if I had only done such and such, then it would have been different. And if only I'd done that, then this wouldn't have happened. The Prophet ﷺ said, don't say that. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ Because saying low, if only this and if only that, and thinking in that way, destroying yourself, it opens up the door to shaitan to you. Your whole life, if only, if only I'd done this. If only what? What happened was decreed in that way. So there's no point now, if only this, if only that. The Prophet told us, if you start doing that, it opens up the door to shaitan to you. Recognize everything is by the decree of Allah. Put your trust and your reliance in Allah. Make your dua constantly to Allah. And what occurs, recognize that maybe it is a test upon you to raise your level. Maybe the hardships that you go through are an expiation for your sins. The illness and the pain that you go through an expiation for your sins. And perhaps, if something occurs to you, it may well be due to what your own hands have earned for yourself. What your own hands have earned for yourself. 
So a Muslim understands this perspective on the decree of Allah. And if you do, it will bring you harmony and peace and comfort in your heart. That you strive upon the obedience to Allah. If something happens, some difficulty, some hardship, then it is the decree of Allah. Remain patient. And in fact, not just remain patient. Shaykh al-Islam said, the highest level of the believer in that isn't just remaining patient upon the difficulties, but actually being happy and thanking Allah. Knowing that whatever's happened, it's by the decree of Allah upon you. So you are grateful and you increase in your worship and your thank to Allah and ask Allah for relief from that situation. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Whomsoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will make you a way out from that affair. Allah will make you ease from that difficulty. إِنَّمَا الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Indeed, with difficulty comes ease. So a Muslim who understands these affairs of the decree, it will bring a lot more tranquility to you than a person who doesn't understand these affairs. I think we're going to have to round off. We're late for the prayer. Inshallah, do as I mentioned regarding the revision. And we'll continue in two weeks' time, inshallah.